Betrayal. Yes, Betrayal. That's episode 115 of the Divorce Resource Guide podcast. Today we're talking about betrayal and how you can overcome it. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, aka the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoie. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode 115 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. I am your host, Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy. And today, ooh, a juicy topic. We're talking about betrayal. Yes, just makes your ears perk up and your eyes open up, isn't it? Betrayal. Just rolls off the the tongue. Betrayal. All right. My guest today is none other than betrayal expert Laura Cheadle. Laura is an attorney, she's a TEDx speaker, and a betrayal recovery expert who works with people who have been betrayed by their intimate partner and want to move through the soul-shattering shock of having their world upended to reclaim their footing and use their experience as a catalyst for becoming all they were meant to be. Her life, choreography, and betrayal recovery process empowers people to shift their focus away from other from the other person and what was done to them and uncover the truth of who they are instead so that they can rebuild their identity, bolster their self-worth, and move forward with conviction, courage, and confidence in themselves and the world. So let's get right to it and talk with Laura about overcoming betrayal. Laura, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you as a guest. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yes, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, and we were just kind of talking off air about it, but it's a topic that I don't often talk about, you know, so candidly on the show because I, people don't really want to talk about it so candidly. Um, and it's a little bit juicier of a topic than, you know, talking about forensic accounting. So (laughs) (laughs) yes, both important, but not as juicy. So I'm very excited. Let everybody know a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, where you live, kind of, you know, the path that took you to what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a former corporate attorney. I went, when I first graduated from law school, I did divorce for a hot second, did some guardian ad litem work, which is representing the best interest of children, either in dependency and neglect, uh, divorce, juvenile. Then I went corporate and I practiced law for about 10 years. And then I ended up walking away for a variety of reasons. Uh, While I loved the analytical piece of practicing law and I loved research, I actually really loved research and writing. not me. (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) I just was not a fan of always having everything be so contentious around me. So I ended up Uh, Walking away from that, I was a stay-at-home mom for a while, which was wonderful. I love that. Then I started my own business, working with a lot of the people that I had worked with before on helping them around uh, burnout. And, you know, it's funny because that was a long time ago and burnout kind of really wasn't a thing. But people would say, I'm just not happy and I can't find work-life balance. Did that for X many number of years, and then from there moved into betrayal recovery, which has absolutely been the right place for me. So that's really interesting. Um, How did you 
how do you switch from, so you quit being a practicing attorney, which is similar to what I did. Um, so I could totally appreciate that. Um, but then you went into helping, I guess, your colleagues, other attorneys with burnout issues. Yeah. And then you go from that to betrayal and recovery, which to me, right off the bat, just it's like totally different from burnout. So how does that, how do you make that transition? Where does that come from? Yeah, great question. And before we go into that, I want to preface it by saying, while it seems like they're vastly different areas, in reality, the deeper that I've gotten into this, the more similar that they are. Because really burnout is a sense of betrayal because burnout, betrayal is defined as the breaking of an expectation that you have relied on that ruptures your view of yourself or the world. And oftentimes it's when you really get down to it, that's what burnout is. We have these expectations and they're not met and we feel betrayed. So So I wanted to preface it with that. No, that, that that is actually so true when you think about it like that. Um, right. Like burnout, yeah. I mean, you're, you're burnt out, but why? Right. Because something didn't work the way you were planning it to work. The way you thought it was going to be. It's not the life I signed up for. Yes. It's not right. I signed up for. <laughs> we hear that all the time. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how that shift happened for me, um, sadly, 23 years into what I thought was a really good marriage, I found out that my husband had been cheating on me for 15 of those years with five women. Like five different relationships. Five different relationships. Over 15 years. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. So how did, how did you find that out? Um, a series of dominoes started falling <laughs> and the whole thing exploded. At first, I found some Facebook messages that were very flirty. Um, and there were some pictures exchanged. And I approached him on that and was like, what is this? And because this is not okay. And he said, you know, we're just flirting. We're just having fun. It's somebody who lives in another state. You're flirty and fun with people. You have this big vivacious personality. That's just me. And I thought, oh, well, I am an extrovert. I do like to be flirty and fun. And even though this is really kind of crossing the line because I'm not sending pictures to people and I'm not toxic sexual, I guess I can kind of understand that. I, I guess I can kind of understand that. Not okay, but let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Then about six months later, I got a letter in the mail with a picture of my husband that somebody had screenshotted and printed off social media. And it was like, oh, okay, what is this and what's going on? And what really tripped me up is he wasn't sure who sent it. And I'm thinking, how do you not know who sent it? If you don't know who sent this, how many people are you sending naked pictures of yourself to? Figured out who that was, figured out some things on that, uh, started some therapy. He moved out, started some marriage counseling. Then as part of that, um, the counselor told us, you know, she should have access to your email, to your inbox, just to, you know, 
reassure her that nothing is going on. Yeah. That's when I found an email that he had sent to a woman 15 years prior talking about, oh, we've got our one year anniversary coming up. Wow. That That was awful. (laughs) And then after that, I was like, seriously, how many more are there? And that's when he said, well, there's actually two more. Oh, my God. And so I'm sure, like, right, going through this, your whole world just comes crashing down over you. Oh, like you wouldn't believe because everything that you think to be true is no longer true. And because it was so long, I would think back over to Christmases, anniversaries, birthdays, romantic weekends, vacate. What's true? What's not true? Who are you? Because I thought he was the most ethical, upstanding person I had ever known. How does one, not that this is, we're going to spend the whole episode on this, but how does one have the time to do this, right? To to engage in all these relationships that, you know, I'm sure these these women wanted, you know, their attention, share of attention as you know, I don't know if he they knew that he was married or not. Not that it matters, but like, how, from his standpoint, like, how does he have the time to to be married to you and you have a family, children, right? Right. How do you how do you have the t- mental energy? I'm getting tired just thinking about it. Oh, exactly, exactly. First of all, they all overlap all at the same time. Um, so there's part of that, but still, I I hear what you're saying, and he would travel. And that's kind of how, when he would, you know, engage in things, he'd be off, he'd be on a business trip. He'd, so that was just gotcha. his, yeah. Okay. Well, wow. All right. So your whole world just kind of exploded. And, and what got you through that? You mentioned therapy. Yes. Um, several different things. Obviously I saw my own counselor. We saw a marriage counselor. Uh, we did some relationship affair recovery courses. We read books. We listened to pod like, I was so desperate. I would do anything because I couldn't make sense of it all. Right. And th- yeah, there's that movie with um, oh, the Truman Show. I can't think of his name. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Where it's the Truman Show and all of a sudden he realizes he's in a TV show and nothing is real. Right. That's how I felt. And I was kind of desperate. And I was reaching, grasping for anything because I thought I was going to be drowning. So I did everything that you could possibly think of as quickly as I could just to find my balance. And somewhere in the middle of that, I had this overwhelming realization that this could really ruin me. Like I said, I'm a happy, positive, vivacious, bouncy. I love, I love all this. And that's me. And I thought this can ruin me. This can turn me into one of those bitter old ladies. This can turn me into one of those, you know, man hating people. And I thought that's not what I want for myself. That's not who I am. That's not what I want for me, for my kids, for my friends and my family. And I need to figure this out for me. And if I don't, it really means that they won. Right. And I am not going to let that happen. And that was what really was the spark for me that there's something going on that I need to figure out and I'm not even sure what it is, but I am not going to stop until I feel better than I did before, because I want to ensure 
that nothing like this ever happens to me again. And that's such a great point that you bring up because I talk about it all the time um, in the context of divorce when people, you know, and especially in long-term marriages, um, when that ends, you know, your new chapter begins, right? You're so used and accustomed to this life that you thought you were going to have, and then you don't have it anymore. And you have to deal with it emotionally and, and practical and practically. Um, and, you know, that time after a divorce, before you enter into a new relationship is such a critical time to do the work so you can be prepared emotionally for whatever comes your way next. And so you don't repeat the same mistakes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so how did your journey end? Did it end in divorce? Did you guys reconcile? What happened? Actually, we have reconciled. Um, wow. He moved out for a while because it was like, I cannot be by you. But for me, maybe it's my legal background, but I needed to understand. I needed to understand what had happened and why, and why this felt like an option and how I could have thought things were good. And these things could have happened. And what was right. really, yeah. So it was an interesting shift in him. And I do want to, again, preface this by saying you don't have a ball game if there's only one person participating. And at the beginning of our journey, I would say things like, what happened? And he'd say, it's your fault. And I'd say, why did you do this? And it's because of you. That's not a ball game. Somewhere That's a blame along, game. It's a totally blame game. And it's a lame blame game. It's a lame blame game. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, he had that moment of realization for himself. And he came to me and he said, and it makes me cry. I don't know what's going to happen with us. And that doesn't really matter. But what I need you to know is this was not you. This had nothing to do with you. This was me. I am a broken human and I don't know what's going on, but I need to fix myself. But whatever happens, you need to know it's not you. Wow. Wow. That's a ball game. That's, that's a ball game. Yeah. That I'd say, you know, talk about accountability. Um, and, you know, that, that moment where, it clicks for somebody, right? We all hope those moments happen and, and oftentimes they don't, right? And uh, it can be so frustrating. So that's very introspective of him. And then after that point forward, all uphill. A lot of, yeah, a, a lot of work. He's He has a lot of trauma. He's doing a lot of work. He sees a counselor weekly. He's digging out. He's doing a lot of different things. And what I do like to say, absolutely, I'm committed to the marriage. Absolutely, he's committed to the marriage. We are almost six years out now. And at the same time, I'm very clear and he's very clear. If things don't work out, it's not like, oh, my God, we have to stay together. You know well, what I'm saying? Yeah. like Right. And, and, yeah. and that's what I, I always say. And I tell this to all my coaching clients, right? Um, you're getting divorced. It may not have been your decision. It may have. It doesn't matter. Everybody, both sides, everyone involved deserves to be happy, right? I mean, that should be the bar. Just everybody deserves to be happy. Um, really simple. Um, so if one person isn't and you can't fix it together, um, okay. But, right, then you both deserve a better life. So six years out. So that's great. Are there, do you still have a lot of trust issues? No. No. Uh, great question. Thanks for asking that. 
I do not have trust issues. Are there sometimes periodically that something comes up? Of course, but by and large, he is such a different person and I understand why he did it. For me, I don't personally think forgiveness is that much of a thing. I think it's more understanding. If you can understand what was the root cause, why this happened, where where did things break down? Now he's got new tools. Now we talk about what were the vulnerabilities? What was the unresolved trauma? What has he done to address that? What are the new tools that he has now that he is using to address where before he would want to act out? Right. That's why I don't have trust issues because he's a very different person. And where we used to have problems before, it's completely different now. Okay. So you, you it's noticeable, which is great. Um, yeah. And Laura, I could talk to you for hours just on this. It's like a case study. And it I, is. I, and I love this stuff because, you know, if I wasn't an attorney, I was going to be a therapist. That's why I love that. But, um, but let's talk about why we're here today too, yes. you know, but we, we started with this story because it was your own personal experience of betrayal. And yes. that's what we're talking about today is betrayal. So you defined it early on, which was great. Now talk a little bit about how people typically cope with betrayal when it happens to them. And betrayal doesn't necessarily mean infidelity or cheating, right? What it can mean other things. Correct. Like we were talking about earlier, I haven't, I didn't sign up for this. Most people don't get married thinking that they're going to get divorced. Right. A betrayal, like I said, it's the breaking of an expectation that you have relied on. That can be financial betrayal. Any divorce feels like a betrayal because I relied that we were going to be together. I relied that we would have this family. I thought we were in this together. So yeah, betrayal comes in all shapes, all sizes, all stories. What most people do when they feel betrayed is first of all, they're they're not exactly sure what it is they're feeling. They're just angry. They're resentful. They're mad. They're disappointed, whatever it is. When you feel that way, the reaction, like we were saying earlier, is to blame you let me down. You didn't show up to the marriage. You did this to me, Mm. which puts us in the one down victim stance. Right. Yeah. And what I like to say is it's true. Somebody can betray you. Somebody can victimize you, but being a victim is a choice. I was victimized 100%. I am not going to play the role of victim. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, being, and I don't know how better to phrase it. I don't think I can, but right when something happens to you that's legitimate and you are a victim, okay, mm-hmm. factually you're a victim, but right. now you have a choice, right? Now you can wallow in that victimhood mental space, um, which is usually not very productive and healthy. And, um, you know, it's hard to climb out of that. Or you can make a a conscious choice to say, like you did, I may be a victim, but I'm not going to act like a victim, right? That's it's a it's a mindset thing. Oh, it is, it is. And again, where we focus is where our energy goes. When we're focusing on the other person, we are not growing. And the whole tagline for my business is betrayal uncovers the truth of what's hidden inside of us of what we need to address inside of us. 
And when we take the focus off, this was so disappointing. I got divorced. The judge didn't do this right. I lost this. I should have gotten this and turn the focus back on us. What inside of me needs healing? What inside of me needs uncovering and brought into the light of day? We can control that. We have agency over that and it's going to make us better. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some of the tools that people can can do to deal with betrayal um, that you think that you do oftentimes with, with your clients. You know, somebody, what, what are your tips for people to, who feel angry and, and that they're the victim and, you know, maybe are looking for a, a positive way to focus their energies? Yeah. I use an acronym to help people remember. And the acronym is flaunt and flaunt is a really fun word. Anyway, you cannot say or think the word flaunt and not smile because you're like, I am going to flaunt. It also sounds like a good name for a book. Hmm. It is the name of my book. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And what flaunt stands for, it stands the F is find your fetish. And again, fetish is one of those words that you can't think of without smiling and feeling a little bit deliciously naughty. And finding your fetish is about remembering what brings you joy. It can be reading can be volunteering at the animal shelter. It can be dancing. It can be taking a bike ride. When we're kids, we lose ourselves in play. Yes. We play for the sake of play. We don't play to get better at playing ball necessarily. We don't play to get better at playing dolls. We just play. But we don't do that as an adult. And that F is your fetish, yeah is about reconnecting and giving yourself those moments of just play and pure joy for the sake of play and pure joy. L in flaunt stands for laugh out loud. Laughter is actually scientifically proven to help calm us down, to regulate our nervous systems. When our nervous system is regulated, instead of reacting to things and fight, flight, freeze, oh, it's all horrible, it's all dramatic, we get back into the thinking parts of our brain and we can respond and we can create and we can create a better life for ourselves, for our kids, for our families. And it's fun. We're going to feel better. AU is the golden center of flaunt and that stands for accept unconditionally. Things happen to us. People do really bad things to us. Things don't turn out. When you accept it, then you can move on. The problem is when we don't accept it. If he only would have, if she hadn't have done this, if I had, you don't. You are where you're at now. What are you going to do? No, you're right here right now. What are you going to do? Which leads into the N of flaunt, which is navigate. Navigate the negative life is not lived from point A to point B. It's just not. You're going to be looping around. You're going to go up and down. You're going to go backwards. It's about navigating it. When you let go of the mindset that this is wrong because it didn't work out, the judge was so awful, my attorney didn't get this. Let it go, navigate it. And then the T in flaunt stands for trust in your truth. We are so big at looking outside of ourselves to external authorities. Yes, consult with people. Yes, educate yourself. But this is your life. These are your decisions. 
You are the only one that knows how you feel. So trust in your truth. And then when you flaunt, keep that acronym in your head. You will start feeling better and you will have agency. And can I add something? I just thought of this. Yeah, <laughs> when when you say flaunt, right? And I guess it gives you, if you just say the word out loud, it, it gives you that like instant reaction, right? A positive reaction, like that smile on your face. And when I hear flaunt, I just think of like, you know, strutting my stuff like a peacock and yeah. right? like you yes. like flaunt your stuff, like put yeah. you, cause you have, you know, if you put in the work and you're ready, you're emotionally ready to go and you're in a good space mentally and emotionally, then flaunt your stuff and, and show the world what you have to offer. Yes. And also tying it back to what you said earlier, when you said most people don't like to talk about infidelity, there's that sense of shame. The more we hide things, the more shameful we feel about it and the worse that it gets. This is not about (laughs) airing your dirty laundry in an inappropriate situation. But when you have that energy of this is me, warts and all, this is my life, drama and all, it releases that shame. And it's not this fear. What if somebody finds out? What if they do? Right. It's, you know, unfortunately, it's probably not as uncommon as you think it is. You know, um, just like divorce itself is not uncommon, um, yet it still has this stigma to it. And people, we all know people who have gotten divorced um, that are pretty close to us, whether it's friends or families or coworkers. Um, But yet when you're going through it, I tell people, you still feel alone. Um, and the, and that's why I try to, you know, do everything with a supportive community in mind because, you know, you're not alone. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I love so much about what you do. It's, you know, there's resources, there's community, there's connection. If you look at the divorce rate, about half the people out there have been divorced. Everybody either has been or knows somebody who has been. Right, right. And, and yet people still feel the stigma attached to it, you know? Um, and like you said, I get it because nobody wants to get divorced. Nobody enters a marriage hoping to get divorced. Um, but the fact that it's so prevalent, um, the stigma in my mind should be, you know, a thing of the past, but yeah. And same with infidelity, depending on the survey, it's up to 88% in relationships. Is that right? Is that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah, it is. But that's all relationships. That's not just marriage. And with the internet, you know, sexting, that's a thing. And depending on how you define infidelity um, in your own personal relationship, but yeah, a lot of people dabble in a lot of inappropriate ways. Yeah. I never understood the whole sexting thing. I, I'm thank I God know. that was, you know, after I was done dating and everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't need that. I'm like, right. like that, that doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> um, kids. But <laughs> well, Laura, this was so great. I'm so glad that you came on and were able to share some of your personal story and that you wrote this book to help people deal with this topic that they may otherwise be ashamed of speaking about uh, to their friends and frankly, even a therapist, um, you know, um, which shouldn't be because that's the whole point of being in therapy. But where can people learn more about you and your book? Yeah, my book is called Flaunt, Drop Your Cover and Reveal Your Smart, Sexy and Spiritual Self. And it's available anywhere books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all of that stuff. 
If you'd like more information about me, you can get a copy of your free betrayal recovery guide at betrayalrecoveryguide.com. And you can also find me on all social media. Awesome. Great. And we'll put the links, uh, give your website just over the air here. And I'll also put it in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, my full website is laurachetel.com, but to get the guide, it's betrayalrecoveryguide.com. All right. And again, if you're in the car or somewhere where you can't write that down or go to it, it'll be in the show notes. So don't worry. It's all there for you. Laura, thank you so much. We'll have to have you on again and talk about something juicy. Oh, yeah. all right juicy indeed who doesn't like juicy topics right so i hope you enjoyed this episode reach out to laura if you want help uh, dealing with any betrayal that you may be experiencing in your life now if you are experienced or going through divorce contact me jason lavoy at my email jason at jasonlavoy.com or check out my website jasonlavoy.com for information about me and my coaching programs. I offer one-on-one coaching and group divorce coaching options, something for everybody. Also, if you like what you're hearing in this podcast, subscribe so you get new episodes when they come out. And if you feel extra saucy, I would love it if you left a kind review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread the word. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoy, aka The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.